This episode of What's in the Box Office is brought to you by DB. DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything. From the streets to the peaks, DB's gear is travel tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB has designed and developed, released, and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you're able to attach smaller products to your backpack, roller, or tote. You know, when I was in um, Israel, it was very hot there Indeed. during birthright. Because of the sun? The swell, that was most of it. Yeah, that was most of the reason why. And uh, the other reason is that I'm fat. And uh, it was important to stay hydrated. And so my backpack would have... It's like it's like a netting pocket. It's right over here. Yeah. And so the water bottle, which was large, fit it, but then stretched it out. So the water bottle is like always moving around and stuff. These hookup systems are perfect. I wish I had that because otherwise, I kept like reaching for my water bottle, being like, "Is it still here?" It is great. Yeah, you want I something? You want something designed to accommodate the add-ons, right? Not just some somewhere you stick them. Some you hate to have somewhere you stick them. Mm. They plan for where you stick them, and they make them stick. Good. We are teaming up with DB to exclusively offer our listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code POD10, P-O-D-1-0, or going to the link in our show notes. DB, it's time to move on. Time to get going. This weekend of the box office, Venom, Let There Be Lights, Camera, and Action in packed theaters all over the country. The Adams Family finds some value in a sequel, and The Sopranos hit a wrong note. Plus, Flick or Treat continues... With the last guest chosen film, shit. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, it is. It was chosen by the guest. Fuck. We're going over everything that happened at a theater near you on this the 171st episode of What's in the Box Office. Hello everyone and welcome to What's in the Box Office, your weekly look at movies and the money they make. Each week we sit down and pour over the weekend's box office returns and tell you what we think they mean for the industry at large. I'm your host, Brian. Do you do a little like dance when I'm saying that? No, I don't do You're a little going dance. going to my little rhythm that. there. I, I know. I was going with da, a little da, rhythm. Da, da, da. And it was going to uh, it was going to build up to my uh, you know, my traditional response. And you've lost it now? Well, I mean it's just it's it's got it's been knocked out of because you Hello everyone and welcome to What's in the Box Office, your weekly look at movies and the money they make. Each week we sit down and pour over the weekend's box office returns and tell you what we think they mean for the industry at large. I'm your host Brian. And I'm your host Noah. <laughs> That was my thing. I was doing the Venom song. Venom. Yeah. Venom. 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 Because you have actually done a number of musical introductions for this that's show. That's true. At least two. And that's it's a number. This, it's, uh, it's one of them. It's just as bad as one, but it's not the loneliest. I. But yeah, I thought I'd get in on it. How is it just as bad as one? Because because one if one is lonely and that's the worst two. You've solved that problem. You're with another person. Yeah, I think it's just one of those fucking, like, dour things. Like, oh, one, it's so lonely. Well, what if you had two? That wouldn't help. (laughs) In a big Eeyore situation. (laughs) Yeah, just fucking, man, I don't know. Um, The intro, I realized when I said the last shows, I guess I was like, oh, and I stopped, and I thought you were going to cut it. I realized then we'd have to do the ad again. So I guess we're just keeping it in. 
It'll yeah. be a big surprise. Either we're going to have a guest in a uh, half hour or so, I don't know, or we won't. Sort of a uh, running source of tension. Throughout. We're adding plot to yes, these shows I'm now. certainly tense. It's we've also... Got, we've, we've done... Uh, Hot up in her. 170-ish of these. One. And... 171. We've yet to have any sort of rising action. And we thought we'd play <laughs> around we with should, it. Yeah, well, I thought we should do it. The uh, the 200th episode will be a narrative podcast. So, get ready. We're, yeah, we're gonna, but also, it's a, it's a podcast, so we're going to do... I'll just open this door here. There we go. Oh my god, Pull the door's open. open. I'm just going to close the door. I'll turn the handle to make sure it's locked. There we are. Now I'll pick up my gun. <laughs> Uh, how about a top five? All right, top five. Uh, you know, on the one hand, I thought I'd get away from the themes because they've been themed and sort of. And the original uh, purpose of this was to just be random. It top was. Fives, yeah. On the other hand, uh, I didn't do that, mm. and instead, I've themed this uh, after our uh, reigning champion, uh, the king himself, Venom, <laughs> uh, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, I've done my top five Spider-Man villains. Oh wow. Uh, because of Venom's nature as a hero of his own story, mm. uh, I have excluded Much him like deliberately the, uh, from the list. The lead character of Don't Breathe Two. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mm. mm. Ven- Venom. Uh, Venom did not base anybody in the <laughs> comics I've read or cartoons. Carnage I've shoved watched. his tongue down a guy's throat. Yeah, in this he did. Movie. That's true. So I. He didn't rank. Isn't either. Venom kind of basting everybody every time he goes back into Eddie Brock's body? <laughs> but every time he's like out of the body, and then he goes yeah. and he goes back in. That's kind of what. Yeah. You know what I'd like to know? Where's Venom hmm. coming from? Like the pores? Is he coming out of his pores? Where is he coming from? Because <laughs> he just kind of materializes. Yeah, he can come out of your chest, out of your neck. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. So I don't I, think the movie cares, and so I don't think we should either. Sounds good. Uh, number five is Craven the Hunter. Mm. Now this is a a villain I don't actually know a ton about in his uh, his lore. This comes from when I was younger. I uh, watched the Spider-Man cartoon quite a bit, and I thought Craven the Hunter was really cool. He's sort of like a uh, like a Russian dude, I believe. Oh, uh, him up now. Like a uh, the most dangerous game is man type. There's supposed to be a Craven the Hunter movie. I've heard something of this. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Ah. And, uh, yeah, I thought he was really neat, and I always, uh, just whenever he'd show up, I get the impression he's kind of like a, more of like a B-level, C-level kind of villain. Mm -hmm. But to young me, he was very cool, and so that nostalgia earns him a spot on this list. Movie's supposed to be released in January 13th, 2023. Oh, any day now. Mm. It should start uh, being made. Number four is The Vulture. Michael Keaton. Yes. Now this is uh, this is a placement that has gone up in my estimation quite a bit because of his portrayal in the movie. He's also going to be in Morbius, if I'm not mistaken. That uh, the same one, like the Michael Keaton. Michael Vulture? Keaton. Okay. Well, that's great because he was a really cool and interesting villain. Uh, the Vulture is generally portrayed as kind of like a, a decrepit, bald old man. And has never really interested me all that much, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, the Michael Keaton Vulture in uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming yeah. was incredibly cool. Did uh, did a lot 
to really bring that movie to its uh, its status as uh, excuse me the fifth best MCU movie according to some. I remember. And uh, and yeah, so good uh, good on the vulture. Number three, another one that has uh, risen in estimation because of uh, portrayal in recent media, but did not start out low. Possibly would have made this list at five anyway. Is the Kingpin, mm. Wilson Fisk. Who does uh, dabble in other Marvel properties? I was say he seems more of a Daredevil man. Uh, well, yeah, he was uh, he was like the main, the big bad in the Daredevil show, to be sure. And uh, but what, he was also in uh, both the Daredevil film, the Ben the Ben Affleck. I think Michael Clark Duncan played him, didn't he? That's right, he did. Yeah, uh, but he's also uh, he was also in uh, into the Spider Verse. That's big true. Bad. That's true. And he was in the Spider Man cartoon. So I, uh, I wonder where the where what like the 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 purists say is what rogues gallery yeah, does what, he belong yeah, who to? Yeah, who does uh, who does King's Pen? King I'm gonna tell you what uh, Wikipedia says. Okay, I am curious about that though. I I first knew him as a Spider-Man villain because of the cartoon. He was introduced he, as an adversarial Spider-Man, but later right. went on to menace other Marvel villains, becoming the archenemy of Daredevil. So he was first introduced as a Spider-Man villain. But then was the main villain for Daredevil. So you're, okay. you're, you're, it works in both. You're ways. right in both senses. Uh, and so I am. Uh, I am also accounting for D'Onofrio's performance in the sure. Daredevil show because it was incredible. Boy, I had a good impression of him back then. Yeah, I kind of had a little one going you too. Did, it's, yeah. it's 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 long gone. Yeah. But at the time, uh, in the heyday of I that show, watch it again. Uh, yeah, I don't know. yeah, he was great, uh, and he was also really good in Into the Spider Verse. And it's just a Leif Schreiber. Yeah, a very cool, uh, very cool concept of a villain who's like just the the mob boss type, but also he's King Kong. Yeah, he's huge. Uh, and he, and he can like crush you. Mm-hmm. And I've just I've always found him really neat. And uh, D'Onofrio was incredible and elevated him very high. Excuse sure. me, I have a <clears throat> oh my God. bug in my throat. You could say I have an octopus in my throat because at number two we get Doc Ock. Uh, many people's, I think, favorite Spider-Man villain. Yeah, I think he's generally he's, I think he's generally considered the the one. He was my favorite villain of any comic book character when I was younger. Really, I love Doc Ock. I I, his green and um, yeah uh, yeah no that was green and orange. No, I'll look it up. No, someone else is green and orange. We'll get to him. I. <laughs> No, I I think that guy was green and yellow. I don't know. the The tentacle thing's very cool. Alfred Molina was great, and hopefully will be great again in the future. Uh, as Doc Ock, never never really connected with me. There was always there was always one when I took in Spider Man. It was yellow, um, right? Okay, that, I had this action figure that uh, that struck me as as the number one villain as the Joker to Spider Man's Batman, mm-hmm. and that was of course the Green Goblin. Uh, Norman Osborn himself as that that was that was the impression I got again when I was younger watching the cartoon and so that has sort of carried with me in my life that while Green Goblin's the main villain maybe Doc Ock is like the coolest or best but like you can't you can't top the Green Goblin uh, and of course when we rewatched the Spider Man for Multiplex Madness. Uh, I did settle on my hard take that uh, Willem Dafoe should have won an Academy Award. Yeah, he really for his portrayal. Stuck to that as Norman Osborn. It was uh, a revelation. It was D'Onofrio level good. I guess D'Onofrio was him level good because he came first. 
but the Green Goblin tops the list at number one. When I was a child, my the two Spider-Man villains that I liked the most, remembered the most, were um, Doc Ock and the uh, Hobgoblin. Okay. Throwing the flaming pumpkins. Yeah. See, he was, that's what stuck out to me. He was just a ripoff, though. Well, I didn't know that or care. <laughs> I guess as a nine-year-old, but uh, that's I mean, one I I, uh, I I latch on to. Like in in universe, he's not a ripoff. He's just an homage to his father. But the 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 real one came first. But you you consider that a ripoff? No, well, no. It's just I wish, I would never I wish I could think of a son. <sighs> And a famous son and father that isn't Donald Trump Jr. And I cannot. Okay. At all. How about uh, recently... The uh, next one that I think of is Scott Eastwood. So I really need some help. (laughs) All right. I'm going to give you uh, Philip Seymour and Cooper Hoffman. No, because again, like the... it's Of course he's... Like the one's just so much higher. I mean, one where they're... They could be considered equal in essence. Michael Douglas and Kirk Douglas. Okay, sure. Yeah. That's a good one. That's what I'm going with. Uh, oh, pardon me. I've uh, bumped the mic, and mm. I'm sure you all heard. Uh, yeah, the Douglases are good. Yeah. Do you uh, consider Michael Douglas a cheap ripoff of Kirk Douglas? I just I wouldn't ever rank Michael over Kirk, <laughs> because Kirk came first. And no, I'll leave that one on the table. Uh Oh, okay. <laughs> well, Michael Douglas has he said some things. He said. You talking about how he thinks that he got cancer from from uh, Cunnilingus on his? I thought uh, he wife? cured his cancer with Cunnilingus. No, he blames it. He blames okay. it for that. Well, yes, that is what I'm referring to. Yep. Maybe Kirk Douglas plays. He should trail. be so lucky to be anywhere near Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> he blames her. Yeah, that's funny. Anyway, he's got two Oscars. You know, his first Oscar was for uh, Best Picture. He produced One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I didn't know that. Yeah, before he won, like, ten years later for Wall Street. Very cool. All right. An actual top five of films that came out in the theater. Uh, Number one was the release of Venom, Let There Be Carnage, which made, wait for it, don't wait very long because this is an audio medium, $90 million at the box office. You may have forgotten because it's been a while since we set a number that big, but that can happen. Mm. 90. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's a lot. Number two, The Adams Family 2 opened also with 90 million... No, I'm kidding. 17. <laughs> opened with $17.3 million, which in the face of 90, I think is still pretty good. Number three was Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. That made $6.1 million, a 53.1% drop. That is up over $200 million, 206.1 total. Another number we haven't said in a while. The Many Saints of Newark opened at number four with 4.6. Good for you, Many Saints. And number five is Dear Evan Hansen. That made $2.4 million. It's 66.8 altogether. That is up to... No, I'm sorry. 66.8% drop. That is 11.8 Yeah, wishes altogether. it was at 66 altogether. It won't be. Uh, Our feature presentation, Venom Let There Be Carnage. $90 million! That's the biggest debut of the pandemic. It dropped less on Saturday... From Friday, then Shang-Chi, showing anticipation and possibly great word of mouth. Movies generally open huge, mainly partially because the Friday numbers have Thursday, the 7 p.m. and later showings rolled into it, so uh-huh. it's just inflated gross. Um, and, Sh- and Shang-Chi, we know, is a big crowd pleaser, had great legs up until now. 
So the fact that Venom still dropped less is wild. Just because it's a sequel. Sequels are more front-loaded. It's the second biggest October opening weekend, just $6 behind Joker in 2019. That was a huge deal when that opened. It was. And a lot of people were worried about that movie. And Nobody it's was worried about Venom. <laughs> Let there be carnage. And it's ten million dollars ahead of the first Venom's opening weekend. Sony has a bona fide blockbuster franchise on their hands, proving they don't need the MCU to make Venom into a hit, precisely by doing what made the MCU the king of the proverbial hill. Made the actor and character the star. People are seeing and liking these movies because they like watching Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock slash Venom. People like Thor because they like Chris Hemsworth's portrayal of Thor, not just the idea of Thor. That was this one of the key secrets to the MCU success, was they made a likable character that you wanted to follow. Yeah, uh, That's what's happening here. That and the relative dead zone that was September probably helped a bunch, but this is an insane number that no one saw coming. Sony itself, the company that made it and distributed the film, where it was anticipating on Thursday a forty to fifty million dollar opening weekend. It's technically a Marvel property, but we can't give Marvel the name credit, as there's a long list of Marvel related titles that haven't worked at the box office. October is going to be a crazy busy month with a blockbuster that needs to score big coming basically every weekend. There's a good chance some titles will end up cannibalizing themselves, but what this opening shows is that theatrical movie going is far from dead, and as we've said for years and years, when people want to see your movie, they will show up. Yes. Hopefully this is a good sign of things to come for the rest of the October slate. This is just a wild number. I have, uh, I have two questions for you. I uh, have one answer, so hopefully it just one matches of, up for uh, both questions. One of which we'll, uh, I'm sure, talk about to uh, at some length. We uh, briefly talked about it after seeing the movie, so I'll start with the other first. I, this, this movie is, uh, you say, exceeded the first gross or the first uh, opening of Venom. Yes. But not by, like, a huge amount. No. But uh, Venom itself was like a... How did that open to 80? Right. Surprise hit. Yeah. Uh, with the... Uh, with the specter of the pandemic looming over this movie and kind of dragging everything down, would you consider Venom Let There Be Carnage a breakout sequel? Or is it still yes. too close? Sure. I, okay. think, I think that's a good spin on it. I think it's... I don't know how much more it could have made in normal times. <laughs> like, like you know, most of the time we can look at a decent opening and go, well, you know, Fast and Furious was probably make 90 or Black Widow would have gotten over 100, you know, sure. regardless. Of, but, like, I can't see Venom making, like, 110. I just, I, I think this is just what it would have made. I'm sure, I, I'm sure there's a few million discrepancy, but I really think that people who wanted to see this just saw this movie. I don't know. I think... I, I, I have nothing to back this up other than my gut. I feel like everything's just kind of been dragged down by as much as, like, I don't know, it, it, I ten, mean, tens of millions of dollars. That's possible. Uh, and I think with the fervor, obviously, to see Venom Let There Be Carnage, uh, we could have expected... Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see 110 for Let There Be Carnage if this had, this had all happened a few years ago. Right. Uh, that wouldn't have surprised me at all. Maybe I, this is it's just just a baffling. The fact that of the pandemic era, which has seen a Quiet Place, Fast and Furious, two MCU properties, and this outgrosses them all. Yeah, something's in the water. And then uh, the second question, of course, uh, the uh, the big one, the elephant in the room. What does this mean for the MCU? Is this Sony? Is this a Sony movie? 
Yeah. Disney doesn't own this, and more importantly, Disney doesn't own Spider-Man. No. They're they're at a tenuous agreement. That's that's yeah, and I think I said this to you, I don't know if I did on the pod, but if Venom 2 hits, then I th- really think there's a good chance that Sony just goes, "We we don't need to re-up that contract. We're you build us a Spider-Man that people like, and we have separately built a Venom that people like. We're just going to do this on our own for now. Thank you for the help." And I think it's a distinct possibility. I think that there's obviously um value in keeping him in the MCU, but they can just make their own Spider-Man movie. I, I we're, we're probably at a point where Spider-Man isn't going to be helped enormously by Doctor Strange being in his movie box office-wise. People like Tom Holland as Spider-Man. They like the story. They like the kids in it. So Marvel, so Sony can just do one of those. They don't need another... They don't need Iron Man to help get people to the theater anymore. Yeah. People like the Spider-Man. Here's, here's what I think. Uh, I I certainly agree that that could happen. Mm-hmm. I think it would be really short-sighted, which is why I don't expect it to happen. Right. Because while people don't need... You don't need Iron Man, you don't need Doctor Strange to make Spider-Man 4 a hit. Uh, I think the looming inevitability of, the, of Spider-Man as the Avenger, Spider-Man as, like, kind of lead avenger or co-lead avenger whatever whatever they end up doing right but he's he's gonna be uh one of one of the one of the big ones i i think that's that's just a crazy amount of money for sony to leave on the table you know they i think it doesn't mean that marvel if that's the case was just gonna have to cut them a better deal oh yeah absolutely i, I think or I you think can sony's s- coming to the table with this 90 million dollar opening and being like, you know what we were talking about last week for our next deal? Double it. Or you can say, you know, you can have him for Avengers movies. But we're we're making solo Spider movies, and if you want him in your little storylines, guess what? You have a multiverse now. Doctor Strange should go, whoop, come over here to this verse for the event, two Avengers movies he's going to do. But other than that, we, we're going to make our own Spider-Man movies. I, I, I also think that that would just be a bad idea to try to distance themselves from the biggest thing in the world going. You know, you said you'd like you would be surprised. Yes. <laughs> they shouldn't distance distance themselves from the coronavirus. You said you'd be surprised to see Venom gross in the one tens, one twenties. Uh when Mar when Marvel's hitting, like one fifty's a fine day as okay. an opening weekend. Let's see the earnings potential for Sony to hook their wagon to, and I think I think they've got an argument to be like, you know, we're getting, we're getting a very generous cut of the Spider-Man grosses and a pretty fucking good cut of the Avengers grosses and anything that Spider-Man pops up in, uh, we, we're make we're raking in all that money. Spider-Man, I don't know why I can't just find him there. Let's go over here. Uh, opened and granted, these opened for a long. The, the the last few Spider-Man movies, I believe, opened on Wednesdays, but the weekend gross for Spider-Man: Far From Home, ninety-two. The weekend gross for Spider-Man: Homecoming, one hundred seventeen. It's not exorbitantly higher than this, and truly, again, that's that already had Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. But I, you know, just saying, Spider-Man for some reason hasn't been the two hundred million one hundred seventy yet. Yeah, and that is uh, that is surprising to me. Yeah, uh, 
I also think just from the from the coward's perspective, Sony has historically been unable to sustain a franchise, uh, a Spider-Man franchise of their own volition. They uh, they die out pretty quick. Marvel uh, can sustain franchises for ten years, yeah, at least. Yeah, it's still ongoing. No, I'm, why yeah. why take on that extra pressure? When you've just got this free money machine that you can hook a much bigger hose to, would be my uh, would be my way of approaching it. Were I in charge of Sony, which you know, discussions are ongoing. Oh wow! Congratulations. Um, it's a wild number ninety. Also opening this weekend, the Adams Family two. Uh, made $17 million. Yes, the original opened at $30 million two years ago. But animated sequels are notoriously as mixed a bag as you can get at the box office the last decade or so. And this is the biggest debut for an animated film since theaters reopened. That's, uh, that's pretty good. Uh, all this from a movie that I doubt anyone knew existed, really, yeah. until this weekend. Plus, the film could be leggy. It's one of the only real options for kids this spooky season. I think this, this counts as... Getting hit by a pitch. You got dinged, but you're on your way. Yeah, you're on base. That's right. It's not counting against your average. The uh, Many Saints of Newark open in fourth with 4.6. Oh! It's like the, what they do in the show. They do that a lot. Uh, <laughs> oh. I feel like we've... Oh! I feel like we've been saying this uh, <laughs> uh, a lot. But yeah, this makes sense. Um, I mean... I feel like I would have guessed sub-10, but in like the 8 or 9 area this weekend. Correct. See, I was thinking back to that weekend when everything opened to 2. You thought this would go as low as 2? I thought it could have. I mean, it's it's hardly a hot ticket. The Sopranos prequel. The Sopranos ended a number of years ago. We just finally finished watching it. So it feels fresh in our minds, but this is not like a cultural buzz anymore. And so, yeah, I, if the Many Saints of Newark just like failed completely, I uh, I would not have been surprised at all. Yeah, especially it's got the uh, the HBO thing, right? So it, which we've talked about many times. But the film has no stars. It doesn't really have a hook. Were any of us really wondering who made Tony Soprano and it's about a dozen years too late? These kind of movies just don't make money anymore. I'm not a fan of the HBO Max year-long bullshit they're doing right now, but that's not why this film didn't work. I mean, it just what this this just wasn't going to. There's nothing here to to offer a bigger no. a big audience. No. Um so that I'd say it's insane that it exists. <laughs> it is. Uh, in its second weekend, Dear Evan Hansen in fifth place, two million sixty-six point eight drop, just about twelve million total. Yep. <laughs> uh, in our spotlight, I, I, I do, uh, do want to okay. make a, a quick comment about Dear Evan Hansen, uh, which is just a, sort of an unfortunate little tick that I have. The uh, the refer the reference point, the sort of uh, quip and joke I want to make whenever I hear Dear Evan Hansen, it follows the same. Rhythm, same number of syllables as the uh, Hamilton song, Dear Theodosia. Okay. I, so that's, I just, whenever I hear it, I go, Dear Evan Hansen. But that, much like the Many Saints of Newark, it's just many years too late. 
and is not a, uh, you know, Lin-Manuel is not the sort of uh, untouchable culture king that he was at Hamilton's height. And so it's just, it's not the, it's not the joke that I think I want to be making right now. But it's the joke that I have, okay. And it's it's just unfortunate, and I uh, I thought I should uh, I should share that with you. And I the appreciate world. it. The world knows. Shang Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings uh, drop six fifty three drop finally a normal drop for yeah. a movie, uh, but it's on its way down. But first movie of the pandemic to cross two hundred million dollars at the box office. First film since January of twenty twenty. Bad Boys for Life. Congratulations. To do so, Venom will be joining it soon. Well, maybe. We'll see what happens next week. <laughs> maybe a disaster. <laughs> uh, Dune continues to expand uh, worldwide and do fairly well for itself. Um, it currently has, I don't know the stats as far as how many markets it's open in, but it already has over $100 million to, uh, foreign. So that'll be nice when that opens in three weeks. And the reviews drop for No Time to Die. Well, that's because it opened... In uh, the UK, certainly, where it made uh, a fair amount of money. And just uh, in some places around the world. Opening weekend worldwide is $121 million so far. It opens next weekend here. And that is all I have for us. Well, then it's time for me to take the stage. Okay. It's also time to play everybody's favorite game. Did Did it make make more or less than than open open water? Open water. We don't know how to play. I name a movie. You tell me whether it's made more or less than open water at the box office. For a bonus point, you can tell me what year the movie came out. Are you ready to play? I am. Wonderful. Our first film, a movie that I saw either in theaters or when it was first made available to rent, thought was outstanding, and they've never seen since. Oh, boy. Matchstick Men. Oh, Matt Moore. Moore. Indeed, yes. Yeah, Matchstick Men. I also remember being great. Is that Ridley Scott? I think it might be. I'll double check just now. Uh, it also uh, co-stars a young Sam Rockwell. Uh, yes, it is Ridley Scott. That's what I thought. Uh, right, Sam Rockwell and the girl in it was also somebody at the time. Let's see. Uh, Allison Lohman? Yep. Uh, I'm not familiar with her uh, her work by name. Well, Let's see. She was in Big Fish. Uh she was a voice in Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Uh, uh, what is that? It's a uh, Miyazaki movie. Oh. Uh, she appeared in Drag Me to Hell. Is she the star of Drag Me to Hell? Yeah. Okay. That was a good movie. Great ending. Yeah. I'd, I'd want to watch that again. Sure. That could, maybe we could, uh, we could make that part of our... Uh, our maybe. Match uh, uh, Man came out in 2003, sir. Uh, that... Is correct. That yeah. was a quick two points for you. Well done on Matchstick Men. But let's see how you fare on our second film, American Assassin. Do you remember American yeah, Assassin? Yeah, Dylan O'Brien, Michael Keaton. That's going to be close. I'm still going to say less. It was close, but more. It was more. It Shit. was more. <sighs> 2006. 17. That is correct. You have secured your win with 2017. All right. I thought perhaps being a uh, incredibly generic title that that might throw you a little bit, but you got there right away based on a book, I believe. I think so too. 
Our third film, uh, Ben, and uh, we've discussed uh, we've discussed recently. I was actually uh, surprised a little to find out the year it came out in. So we'll talk about that soon. The Crazies. More, I think. Yes, it was more. Yeah, I think that was. Mores. I think that was a decent little hit. Uh, that came out in two thousand. I'm gonna say two thousand ten. It was ten. Fuck yeah! Uh, what a good week for me. Yeah, five out of six. Woo! When was the last time that happened? I, uh, you keep you keep a little chart. I do. I was or uh, or better. When was the last time I did that or better? I don't think you've I've ever done this it. game. Oh, okay. uh, and I've only got the uh, I've only got the stats for uh, for this one in front of me. Okay, fine. I. Uh, Okay, so there we go. So how long ago was that? This is going to be embarrassing. I don't know why I set this up. He's not even uh, done talking. No, it was uh, 11 it? weeks ago. Wow! Five points. Shit. Uh, well, it's hard to do. It's a tough game. I guess. Uh, yeah, I was shocked to find that the crazies came out uh, well 11, after we'd graduated 11 high school. years ago, yeah. I sure. thought I'd, I would have sworn that was a 2006, 2007. No, it was at the tail end of, of those movie. where it was like, we're doing a remake and it's yeah. going to be gritty. Yeah. Apparently. Uh, you could tell because they decided to remake The Crazies. So, certainly at the end of those, they ran out of movies. Yeah. yeah. They'd already made The Hills Have Eyes. <laughs> and The Hills Have Eyes 2. I, T-O-O. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's the same conceit. The Hills Have Eyes, and The Hills Have Eyes, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, fun little story about those uh, those three movies. Mm-hmm. They all made basically the exact same It's like 40, movie. 44 or so. Well, I'm not going to tell you what it was. I think it was 44. Okay. Why? Was it? Well, because it, it kind of... Uh, I know Open Water made... I feel like Open Water made like mid-30s. Whatever. All right. And this could, this could help inform that. Uh, it's in that range. Yeah, I know. I... Uh, all right, coming gone from a theater near you. Are you ready to go back in time? Yes, I am. I uh, all right. This week we are doing 2006. All right, 2006. let's see. 2006. Um, and this was a. I do want to. Gridiron Gang. No. Was that on the Was that, uh, was that on the that list? That had come out. This was in its fourth week. Thank you. Uh, Open season. Open season had come out the week prior. Jackass two. Uh, two weeks prior. I'm doing a great job naming you're, every other yeah, fucking you're, movie. You're, knock, you're knocking out the the early fall of 2006. Uh, <laughs> what else is left? Uh, okay. Did well, we? In s- fact, three films open. Oh, well, weekend. once I get one, I'll probably roll off the other. We'll see. What? One of them's a biggie. This was also, if it helps. Uh, Doom. No. <laughs> Gridiron uh, Gang was already out. I guess he's not doing two. Indigenous Peoples Day weekend. Doesn't help me. Uh, no, I'm just... It's, it's, I, don't, I don't even know. I don't even, I'm, we've gone up... We've been through this podcast many years. I don't recall if that's like a notable holiday weekend for films. Sometimes. I mean, okay. it, it, it helps get a, like a $25 million film for like 30 over a okay. weekend. That kind of thing. Nothing huge is opening, making like 20 that day. Okay. Because um, most people don't actually have it off work. Have off work that day. Uh, no, I need a clue. All right. Uh, so we've started October. Obviously, this is October sixth. So it's a uh, horror movie. No, in fact, it is a uh, an awards player. Prestige season is here. Hol- Hollywoodland. No. Uh, is that uh, a list? I. 
No. Right, the Black Dahlia is. That's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same, yeah, same thing. All right, great. Uh, all right, so Awards Player 2006. So think the, of the a Departed. more talented Awards player. Yes, it is The Departed. Okay, all right. Yeah, we saw that in theaters. Yeah. Together, yeah. Ranhurst. Yeah, I think I might have seen that in theaters a couple times. With my mom. Um, that made... Th- uh, that made a lot. Th- I'm going to say 30. Uh, 30 was the uh, the holiday total, yeah. Uh, it was 26. It's exact... That is exactly what I said the recent open on this weekend. Yeah. yeah. It's a 25 to 30. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, all right, that does not help me get the other ones, so what else you got? All right, number two. Uh, now remember, we are just starting October, so think spooky. So now we're thinking spooky. <laughs> yeah, 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 now we're thinking spooky. A uh, spooky sequel to a spooky remake. But... The Hills of Ice 2. Uh, I'm going to make sure that that's actually accurate. No, that's not correct. Uh, make, which part of what you said are you making sure is accurate? Uh, that it is a sequel to a remake. Okay. Because uh, who even knows anymore? There's subtitles. I didn't see it. So uh, let's see. There are subtitles? It is oh, a, you sorry. Mean, no. A, it is uh, a colon, you mean? It's like a tagline, yeah. Uh, let's see. Because it's also possible based on... No, okay, fine. A spooky prequel <laughs> that... It's a prequel? Oh, Texas Chainsaw the Beginning. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Because there was a remake of Texas Chainsaw, right? Yeah, so 2003. Yeah. So, Alexandra Daddario was in that. In the remake or in this? In that one. The uh, beginning. Interesting. Yeah, very, very young uh, at the time. Yeah. She's not even, not even uh, noted on Wikipedia. Interesting. Stars Jordana Brewster. Yeah. Also features Arlie Army. Does it say she's not in? She might. She might be in Texas Chainsaw 3D. I no, it just. Be... It does. It does not note her. I know. I might be off. But she it might... does. It does open with in 1939, a woman dies while giving birth prematurely in a slaughterhouse in Texas. So, so that there might you go. Be her. Oh, because a woman be like dies. A child. No. She's 35 right now. Okay. Uh, she would be a child. You're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, she must be in Texas Chainsaw 3D. Okay. I'm going to double check, but I'm, she was in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. All right. Yeah, 3D, 2013. Okay. Um, all right, this opened to 26. Uh, well, let's uh, now i got to go back to the holiday numbers. Uh, no, wow, this one hardly changed at all. Uh, 20, with the, uh, the three-day being 19. Okay. And then uh, this the third one opened in number four. Four. Yeah. Trying to think of how to give this to you without just handing it to you. It's mm-hmm. a it's a comedy. Saving Christmas. No. I uh, think Surviving of a, Christmas. It's it's a, it's a vehicle for a star that burned bright and faded fast. Larry the cable guy. In no, something. but that's not on the wrong track. Well, it's not any of the other gentlemen from that blue collar comedy tour. No, it's not. <laughs> what else you got? Uh, all right. Let's see who else was in this. I didn't see this film. Uh, all right, I'm going to give you. No, that's not. Uh, not enough. I will give you one 
co-star okay. in this film. Sure. Uh, Jessica Simpson. Sister to Ashley. She was in this movie? She was. Well, it's not the Dukes of Hazard. No. What other because movie Sean was... William Scott star endures. What other movie was Jessica Simpson in? She's been in at least two movies. That doesn't help me at all. That's wild. I had no idea she did another movie. That's crazy. This is 2006. This is yeah. the year after Dukes of Hazard. Okay. And since it's 2006, I feel like I'm certain you saw this film. And you'll need because, to go Because harder. this star burned brightly with you. Okay. As well. As well as you? I mean, I, no, I was, also, I was also into him at the time. Him. But, uh, him. but I got there through you, and I left before you. I think. This uh, comedian. I think. Uh, yeah, I'm just, just confirming. Confirming that it is. It was a comedian who's not dissimilar to Larry the Cable Guy. No, the just the Larry the Cable Guy thing was that it is a comedian. Oh, okay. In a movie. Not... <laughs> I was going to say, Larry the Cable Guy type that we were both into. <laughs> yeah. I think, I... Uh, what's the fucker's... Leary, what's his name? Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary, yeah. Jay Moore? No, no, it's not. I don't, <laughs> don't actually think she... All right, another co-star... <laughs> Uh, you're getting the, so uh, you got the female lead, now you're getting... She's, oh, she's the female lead. It's employee of the month. <laughs> what do you think, she was the male lead? I, well, usually when you give me one, it's like lower on the thing. They're like, and it also stars, just say, okay, so employee of the month. I saw that movie like <laughs> twice in theaters. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Dax Shepard was my next one. <laughs> I probably would have gotten it with Dax. Dane Cook, baby, his yeah, Dane Cook's go. best movie. <laughs> what was his other movie? He had Good Luck Chuck, My Best Friend's Girl, Mr. Brooks. God, did I not see any of his movies but Mr. Brooks? Did you not see him play of the month? I don't think so. I don't remember it being that bad. It probably is, but I wouldn't want I don't think I did. Maybe I did. I was I 15. Know. I liked Dane Cook. Um, yeah, we all did. He was funny. So, so we thought. that opened to uh, 16. Uh, that 14, opens, 14, 14. 14 is your final answer. Yeah. Uh, the correct answer is 12 and a half. Okay. Which is pretty close well, to 14. Go it's a good adjustment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the three day was 11.4. So the holiday really only helped the departed there. Yeah, sure. Uh, no interesting, like, small openings that. I see. We are getting into October, so that's when that'll start happening more. That's Little Children is a film. Of course it is. Kate yeah. Winslet, Patrick Wilson. You've seen yeah. that movie. I know. Jack Earl Haley's big comeback. I Todd. Think, I didn't think it was that good. Todd hates what? I remember that. Yeah, I didn't good. like it very much. I like that movie. A lot of voiceover that I thought was bad. Okay. I uh, and probably other reasons, but that's the one I remember. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, that is it for this weekend. All right, well, let's get into it. Flick or treat. Uh, this was going to be our third and final guest introduction uh, film, but we just can't seem to get make it work. So instead, this is going to be the host's pick. Oh boy! And uh, since the the guest was having trouble kind of figuring one out, and I suggested *Malignant*, they said, they said sure, let's do that. I'm saying it's my pick, which means next time we do this. You will pick the complimentary film to 
this film. Okay. So this is the host pick, and you'll get the next one. And it has to be a compliment to this one. And good luck, because oh, we watched Malignant. It's a pretty distinct movie. We watched James Wan's... Because tw- it came out September 10th, 2021. Uh, James Wan's supernatural horror film, Malignant. Uh, neither of us had seen it. We heard it was crazy and cuckoo and weird. And you're watching it, and you're like, yeah, there's like weird line readings, and they're doing like the... Um, the uh, the song uh, with, yeah, where's my mind where's my mind weirdly and like there's rock music and James Wan's clearly just like unhinged he's like I had to do Aquaman and that was fun but like let me just go nuts with this and you're like oh this is kind of weird where's this going and then it becomes actually batshit it was batshit crazy it was a weird thing where we're talking to you know someone you were like it is as weird as people say yeah turns out we were just going. I think in our minds, like, that is kind of weird. Yeah. And then they were just like, no, it is weird. We're like, yeah, I get it. People say weird things. No, it's like, it gets wild. I I feel pretty comfortable with my first assessment that the whole thing is really fucking weird. Okay. Uh, for different reasons. Because it does get, like, uh, choices are made near the end. Yes. When revelations happen. Yes. Which are, which are like weird and distinct and like, whoa, shit in their own right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and are the parts of the movie that I'll say worked best for me. Uh, but I think the whole thing was really fucking strange. Yeah. Uh, in that, like, I, I don't really know how to, how to put my finger on how to like describe this. The whole thing kind of felt to me like it was filmed like a comedy. Sure. Like, if it was, like, scary movie, and the way that it's all kind of, like, it's kind of bright, and, like, everything is very, like, it's a lot of, a lot of clear lines, everything's very, A lot like, of big defined. eyes, wide eyes. Uh, yeah, like, she what, parks really close to the ledge of the mountain. Yeah, yeah sure. But I, I, yeah, I don't even mean, like, the the things that happen in the movie. Okay. But just the the way that, like, a, a horror movie is gritty, mm-hmm. like, Scream is kind of, like, gritty, but then scary movie is just the same thing, but a little brighter, a little shinier. Uh, this this whole this whole movie felt shiny, to me. Sure. And I'll I'll say in a way that like while it it mostly didn't work with me, I respect it because it was clearly on purpose. I thought this was great. I bought into it. I think this is a black comedy masquerading uh-huh. as a horror film. I think it's ridiculous. I think it knows exactly what movie it's trying to be. And I think that when the payoff happens and they kind of show you why it was walking weird and stuff it looks goofy and so he throws in like just excessive gore and it just makes you laugh at it You're like that's the twist and then he does all these things You're like oh my god i'm not even thinking about that anymore i yeah. think this is so specifically stylized i think the beginning is a bit of a slog and you're like why does her head keep bleeding like these like weird things that you're like just laughing at because you think it's stupid and i think it's entirely on purpose this is a pure camp film. This is like, this like this is like if John Waters had a not necessarily, but like if John Waters was in a studio system, yeah. and had a budget and made a horror movie. This is pretty close to what what it, what the censors would allow him to do. I the last, all those battle scenes, as far as we'll call them, in the last ten minutes are gloriously shot. They're they're bit, all, nearly consistent camera angles. It's not a bunch of cutting. You know what I mean? It's choreography, and it's just gorgeous and fun and silly. And every small, weird eccentricity leading up to it just makes it fit into like, oh, that's why we were being so weird. Because so we could go ape shit at the end. I, 
I don't. I don't disagree. Yeah. I. Uh, it's kind of like in the in the big picture. I I would have liked a little more, like signposting. I guess that like, we we kind of want you to laugh for a while. I uh, because I to me it just all struck me as a very strange and particular take on a horror movie. Mm-hmm. It it never really read to me as a comedy until you get the big revelation and the like the full on just showing of things. I was kind of like, oh, I, I, I see it now. I, I see how, in retrospect, everything was like, not not just weird, but like silly. Yeah. But in the moment, watching the first hour and a half of this movie, I uh, just that it never it never clicked with me that like that was the goal. So it was just it was just kind of off putting, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I can understand why you feel that way. I just for some reason I knew because everyone was saying it was silly. You know, I knew it was silly, and so yeah. I was able to just look at it and go, "That's a weird thing that happened, but it's silly, so I can laugh at." It. I think that did help me kind of guide through it. I think the payoff is just like this beautiful bit of chaos comedy, the, and, and hey, go ahead. The pay the payoff rules. And like not that scene in the police precinct is incredible. Not just as like a bit and the of like cell. sort of like horror comedy. Yeah, it is like sufficiently and satisfyingly gruesome. It's genuinely and thrilling. Like yeah, it's thrilling. It's gruesome. You feel bad for the people it's happening to, and yet you're like yeah. you almost want to cheer every time something else happens to somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. The uh, the bit I, I feel that way, especially in the bit in the lockup. Yeah. Which oh is yeah. When like I. Zoe Bell throwing people at the yeah. monster is really funny. There's a lot. There's a lot of business with knives, mm-hmm. like one knife right. in this movie that I think does it a disservice because you get you get kind of the uh, you get kind of the suggestion early on and throughout that like this is a this is a monster. This is like a a sort of supernatural being that we're dealing with, and it's going to like it. It fucking like breaks that guy's neck in such a gruesome and horrible way, and then smashes that other person's head. Uh, right, and you kind of think like, all right, this thing is just like a force yeah. of destruction. But then it has its little knife that it's like, this is my combat. Yeah, it weapon. really likes the knife. The, there's just, there's another. This is another thing that just didn't like. I w- I wasn't able to sufficiently track throughout. Is sort of the different ways the monster is presented. Like, is it a? It's a. Is it a ghost? It's a, it's, right. Yeah. It's like it's a creature from the shadows. Well, it's a little bit of both. Uh, it's right. It's like it's like a taunting, malevolent thing. But then it's but then it's like a guy on the phone, and I then mean, it's like a guy like throwing punches with a knife. Right. It is. It and, is a bit of both. Like, because obviously the 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 twist being partially that it's like you know not trying to give this without giving it away yeah like the twist being that some things might actually not be there in the physical world right is all within it's just her right so then it does look ghostly because obviously it's not physically but um but the real i liked how clunky it seemed like and it was running like especially the chase scene that goes on for forever Uh that it's like running around and injured is funny looking Truly, when that woman falls through the ceiling is when it certainly turns into like now we're just going full comedy. Yeah, that's hysterical. <laughs> she just falls straight, through, and they're just standing there, and we didn't know it was that house. Like that's just funny shit, yeah, man. It, it is. I just i i was not i was not in the headspace while watching it 
to realize that it was funny, I guess. Sure. So I, I think I think that would be like th- that would be my criticism. Yeah. Is that it? It doesn't necessarily guide you to where it wants you, and like to to watching it how it wants to be watched. But I I do I do think that like all of all of the stylistic choices, I, I even if they didn't work for me, I appreciate them. Okay. Because they were they were clearly all made with intention. Uh, and with someone who had a vision of something in mind, something that is distinct and is not just going to be, for instance, I don't know off the top of my head, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning, which I've never seen, but I'm yeah. sure sucks. And I'm sure is just like dour and gruesome and like and just like bad. You know, I I uh, this is one of my favorite films of the year, and I think that's just because it hasn't been that huge of a year so far. Uh-huh. But it's up there, and I and and I just wish I had seen this first time with a crowd, to be able to just sit with everybody going like, "Why is this so fucking weird? Like, do is this bad?" Yeah. And then when that woman would fall through the ceiling, the laughter I think that would erupt out of that place. And this is a movie destined for midnight at the music box in the future. Sure. Like people cheering when that when the 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 police station scene and the holding cell scene, that's just. That's just destined for like a rupture of applause at one thirty in the morning in a theater. You know what I mean? And yeah. I will be there with bells. I think this would really benefit from a repeat screening for you too. I think that's probably true. Yeah, I think in like a, I don't know, a year or two, just like let let plenty of plenty of space. Well, plenty of space. But, okay. Well, I, I just I want I want to make sure next time I watch this because I agree that like the the bones are there and I yeah. might really enjoy it. I just want to make sure there's enough space okay. between right. sort of my negative viewing now. And the future to just go into it with fresh eyes and knowing knowing what to expect and being ready for the twist, which like which what I I really think was effective horror as much as it was oh, like, yeah. effective kitsch. Oh yeah, I, it's 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 a great twist, one that like you don't is just hasn't been done really before. Yeah, and it's 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 when they first reveals it when the camera moves around it's funny because it's also practical effects like yeah. that's just a real thing that they had so that automatically makes it funny to look at and like gruesome and terrifying which is like exactly what i kind of want it's like an evil dead thing it's like what i want a horror movie it's like what the fuck is yeah. that that's i don't want to see that and you're yeah. laughing at, it at the same time the 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 evil dead thing is good that's a i think that's a uh, yeah that's a, that's a good point of reference it's why it midnight was, screenings yeah, man it was like I I still wasn't quite in the like it's okay to laugh at this moment. Mm-hmm. So my reception to that was just like was serious like all right, like here we go. Yeah. Like now now we're doing something and that and that that image And they sure did, and they sure did do something and with it too. Yeah, they they did uh, they did the go thing splitting apart. I mean, yeah. it's just it's great pr- practical oh, yeah, the, practical effects out the wazoo in this movie. There was actually a double for the walking backward thing, yeah, that was a person doing that who like was a contortion. I mean, it's incredible, yeah. incredible work. Yeah, the uh, the the initial revelation, and then again the revelation in the holding cell. Oh, about just baby, that, that like awesome, shit. awesome, great. Um, so where do we want to rank this? It's not particularly scary, no, but there are moments that are creepy. You know, I mean the uh, uh, just there's loud bangs and shit. There's you know, a creature in the night yeah. for most of the first half. Um, where would you rank this scare factor? I I didn't find it scary at all. Okay. Uh, 
I I would rank it third. I think even oh, though, behind audition. Yeah, like I I think even though audition didn't have like much yeah uh, explicit horror going on the last twenty minutes. Yeah, the, the last twenty minutes yeah. I did find like scary. Whereas I I don't I don't think I found any of this scary. Okay. Uh, so I I would rank it third there. I will take that third. Okay. Because I do agree that while they're both gruesome at the end, one is a much more con. Control, not controlled, but much more concise and particular gruesomeness and like reveling in it. Whereas yeah. this one has been very quick. Yeah, and this, and this one's also just like it's also an yeah, action it's scene. Yeah, yeah, it's an action scene. Yeah. Um, quality wise, though, I think this is definitely second. I don't think you'll put this first, and I probably wouldn't either. But I think this is definitely better than the strangers. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay. I think the uh, the the strangers. You know, we I mean we talked a lot about it. it it, it rides its premise as far as it can. Yes. Which is, you know, your mileage may vary, but 20 to 40 minutes mm-hmm. is as far as you can ride that premise. But then there were more minutes. Yes. Yeah. It would have been a great short film. Yeah. Um, all right. So then for Scare Factor, the list, if you're keeping count and want to watch something scary, uh, The Strangers, Audition, and Malignant. And then as far as if you want to see kind of uh, better films as opposed to scary, Audition, Malignant, and The Strangers. So Malignant is... No, they're, they're not in any same order. Isn't that interesting? No, yeah, isn't that, isn't that exactly reversed? No, we put... No, no, no. Yes, yeah, so I'm saying like there isn't one that's just like two. One is two on both lists. Yeah. They're just completely different order. Um... Next week, our first returning guest, I'm going to double check that it is Joe. Yeah. Yeah, it is Joe. Uh, and we think we can announce the, the movie, right? I think we're doing the... Well, I mean, last we talked, there were two... Uh... I know, but I really think that your pick... Oh, okay. What was the other one? Just say it. Oh, well, I... It was one I from 1990, I... and then what was the other one? Oh, okay. The other one was Suspiria. Right. I think the 1990 one is Oh, you is think better. the 1990 one's the way to go. Okay, well Be- then... Yeah. Because it's got the paralysis part of it, which yeah. is part of the ending of Audition sure. as well. So I think that works. It's, yeah, it's got a lot, of, a lot of parallels. Which I think is fun. Yeah. Um, so we are going to be watching uh, the 1990 Rob Reiner classic, Kathy Bates won an Oscar for it, Misery. Yes. With Joe. We'll be talking about it next week. Also next week, No Time to Die. Daniel Craig's... Final four-way is James Bond after five movies. This is his fifth. Uh, Casino Royale opened to 40 in second place when it opened. Oh, boy. Happy Feet opened a little bit higher in 2005. We saw that in theaters together. Happy Feet? Casino Royale. Okay. We saw it at the (laughs) Ranhurst. Okay. I believe. Um, That That seems possible. Uh, so the fifth film, how will it do? Now that Venom opened big, is it going to be the first one to crack 100 or... Or... Is the Venom second weekend just going to take sales out of No Time to Die and we're going to begin that kind of cannibalization of the marketplace? I don't know. We'll find out. No, plug us up. You can come find us at whatsintheboxoffice.com. We are on Twitter at WitBoxOffice. That's also our Instagram handle. I am on Twitter at Noah Drukey. And I'm at Brenda Serber, D-A-S-U-R-B-E-R. Uh, of course, the Boy podcast. Boyve, I've changed my handle to. Yes. A, uh, a, Instead uh, of Boy Gavalt, I changed it to Boyve. A very, uh, very successful uh, Thank you. little streak of puns. happy with it. I... Uh, the feed for our podcast can be found anywhere podcasts are found. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Stitcher. I like that I can trip uh, you up so badly during your... This is so... You're not even thinking about what you're saying. It's no, on it's, autopilot that if I say, like, orange, you're like... Uh, I just kind of got to run through it all real if quick. If you want to find the final sign, it's Jennifer, uh, Podcast Act. Uh, leave I, a review. Like, you just then... Yeah, then I, then <laughs> it's I, really yeah, funny. Yeah. 
I pick up a. Are you done? Yeah, I could. I couldn't think of a. Uh, I couldn't think of a good like. I was gonna be like, oh, and the feed for our podcast can be found under the name "What's in the Boy Office," but because your Twitter boy. handle is oh, Boy, but like that was like that doesn't make any sense. And then it went on too long, and so I decided to give up. Okay. End of thought. We'll see you next week. This has been What's in the Box Office. I've been your host, Brian. I've been your host, Noah. We'll see you next week, and until then, if you feel safe, go see a movie.